Welcome to Tech by Design. Design is passion, design is energy, design is enthusiasm. On these episodes, we'll talk to people who exude all those things about the products they build. Come join us. Welcome everyone to another episode of Tech by Design. My name is Nick Surface. I'm here with my co-host, Alex Otanez. We're both with the Richmond Technology Council. Alex is a side gig, works over at Shaco as the CEO over there. And then I'm full-time at the Richmond Technology Council. But we are glad to have you all on board today for another episode of Tech by Design. Today we have Zach Brown joining us. Zach Brown is with Balto, who has a product called Balto Realtime. And he's going to go through all of its features and design and some of the uh, some of the kind of the postmortem debrief of how their iterations have gone along the way and uh, what we can expect going into the future. So, Alex, any uh, opening welcoming words for our crew? Nick, it's nice to be back. Um, I, I do get a little busy with my sidekick and I am definitely looking forward to talking to Zach specifically um, about the two different apps that you guys have for, for, for your agents. So looking forward to this. Um, Thanks for having me here, Nick and, and Zach. Um, looking forward to hearing from, from you. Cool. So today we are talking with Zach about designing for contact centers. And Zach, can we take it up high level first before we get into the product and tell us a little bit about what a contact center is, at least in your world, what you all are designing for? Yeah, so we're really solving for the problem space where uh, we have agents that are taking phone calls all day, either inbound or outbound. So these could be thing, anything ranging from uh, collections calls, where that's probably not going to be the greatest experience for anybody involved, to uh, somebody calling in to get their account unlocked for financial services or anything like that. So we're really designing for the agents, the people that are actually on the call, as well as the agents managers trying to kind of keep everybody going in the right direction, keep the right things being said on calls, and uh, uh, obviously making, making everything better for the business. So, Zach, what is the original problem or, or what was on the market prior to Balto coming on board that you all realized just it wasn't good enough or there was an opportunity here to, to really affect this space a little more? Yeah, so th there are some other products on the market and where, where Balto really has its niche is in the real-time space. So uh, you, you mentioned that uh, we, we offer real-time guidance. So most of the other products in this space uh, are post-call products, what we would call post-call products, where they provide plenty of insight, but it's uh, minutes or hours after the call is completed. So a lot of times as an agent, you're getting feedback from your manager um, like hours or even days after the fact. So your manager might say, hey, I, I wish that uh, maybe you would have responded this way when this thing happened on this call three days ago. So um, we have some some folks that work at the company that have worked in the contact center space and noticed that this like this lack of real time feedback was a, a big a big issue um, for call center agents. And um, that's kind of the, the genesis of Balto as a real time product. And that's kind of the niche space that we target. So from a technical standpoint, it's it's pretty it's a pretty big lift sometimes to do some of the cool stuff that we want to do all in real time. But the value prop for the agents and for managers, uh, as you'll see with some of the, the different um, product features that we have is huge. So it's, it's a great space to be working in. So Zach, really quick, I, I, can, I empathize with you because I used to manage a sales team and a sales development rep team, an SDR team. And I do remember the days where three days after a call, I'd be listening to a call script and I'm like, hey, by the way, remember this call 350 calls ago? Um, you said this one word. 
Um, so, so definitely, definitely like the product that you guys have going. How about sentiment? Do you guys have any sentiment analysis or do you guys have any real time AI that's going in through your product or, or is that something that you could share that that's happening right now? So I, uh, so we do have lots of real-time AI. I actually lead our real-time AI team uh, within Balto. So um, all all my team does all day is optimize and uh, and add new features to the real-time AI that's running. Um, so the real-time AI that we have powers both the checklist features to make sure that people are adhering to the script that we want them to adhere to. Uh, including uh, enough variation to make it not uh, cause too much friction for the agent, as well as all of the things that um, that power our real-time notifications and our dynamic prompts. So those are a couple different features of the agent app that really help to um, help to make the agent give the agent real-time guidance and just make them uh, feel better about their calls and like they're they have uh, kind of more than just a script that they're running from. Um, you mentioned sentiment. Uh, that is one of our features that is on our product roadmap. Um, and we have uh, done a lot of modeling work in that space already. So I'm really excited about uh, when we eventually roll that out to market as well. Zach, I want to come back to sentiment when we get to the, the future, because that, that is interesting and something I think that probably is a differentiator for you all. But at the end of the day, you're designing for soft skills. You're trying to allow for greater coaching. You're trying to improve the human-to-human interaction. So when you all were getting started at the early stages, what were some of the early considerations when you were designing it? What were the critical features you felt you had to have? And maybe what were some of the challenges along the way there? Yeah, so I, I would actually maybe rephrase your argument that we're designing for soft skills because I think that what we're designing for is to take all of the the stuff like the the need to dos. Uh, out of the equation. So the the agent has all of that at their fingertips. So the agent can really just lean into the soft skills that they already have. So we're, we're trying to just empower the agents with everything that they need at their fingertips. Um, so they can really focus on, on their, their awesome skill set. I mean, most people take jobs like this because they like to talk or they like to, to uh, communicate with other folks. You know, that's a, that's a, a strength of theirs. And we're just getting all of the other stuff out of their way so they can, you know, just glance at their screen and say, hey, I'm supposed to say this thing now. Um, Let me just lead into that in a natural way. Um, So I think that uh, that's one of the key things is we just wanted agents to have feedback and everything that they need right in front of them uh, as they're just having conversations like they normally would. So we can kind of take the um, take just reading from a script out of the equation. Um, so it's from the agent standpoint, we're really just trying to grease the wheels and make it, make it as smooth as possible for them. From the manager perspective, uh, we really want managers to have all the critical information that they need after the fact or even during calls at their fingertips as well. So we want to know when agents went off script and if that still had a positive outcome, because that's something that a manager can learn from, especially if you look back at, uh, at what was said on the call or what actually happened on the call. Um, so we wanna give a, uh, managers of agents greater transparency into what was actually going on. Um, and we do that through the Balto Cloud app. Yeah. Zach, I love that you just highlighted that Sometimes you're designing for the white space, meaning you're not over-featuring something. You're actually trying to streamline a process so that people can actually focus more on what their day-to-day task or job is. Um, And we talk about that a lot on this show. Sometimes just looking at the white space, playing with the voids and knowing which voids are strategic and which which places we actually need to add value. So uh, I commend you for kind of taking that approach. It sounds like you're streamlining the, the process for the agent and the manager and taking out all the unnecessary, so to speak. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's one of the things that really drew me to Balto as a product as I was exploring moving over to this, uh, this company. Balto is very, it, it's, it's not very prescriptive, I would say, in terms of, uh, in terms of really putting together what your flow should look like. We offer a lot of flexibility in our playbook builder to build out your flow any way that really, really works for your contact center, for your agents, and for you as a manager. And with that flexibility, um, I don't know, it, it just really, you, you can tell that it's really, really empowering both the agents to kind of do their thing and the managers to design flows uh, that are targeted targeted at the things that are most important to them. Zach, have you read the book Checklist Manifesto? Uh, I have not read that book. Is it something that I should read? I think I think you would love that book. Um, it, right. it, it highlights a lot of what you just said. It's, it's the ability to create... Um, I think this book references doctors a lot. So doctors are, are one of, one of the, uh, I guess, crafts that have one of the largest checklists, doctors and pilots, right? So a pilot checklist is, is 2,000 pages long. But the whole point is not to create robots out of a process. It's, it's to basically enable people to get the things that need to be done, done, so they can focus on being humans. And, and I think um, if, if you haven't read it, your company's already doing a lot of what this book recommends. So, so yeah, you would be an I, advocate for it. I was going to say that that sounds like our company mission that, that you just described there is just to get, get all of the nonsense out of the way and let people do, uh, do the best uh, at their job that they can do. We mentioned books a lot on this podcast. So for everyone listening, it's The Checklist Manifesto. It's Atul Gawande, who is a physician, has written a couple other books, mostly in the in the medical physician healthcare space. But it, but The Checklist Manifesto is definitely more process-based and um, definitely check it out. Good recommendation, Alex. Zach, let's talk about the two different uh, perspectives you have with the product. You have the um, the agent app and you have the cloud app for, for more of the manager side. Can you walk... Walk us through the different functions of those and maybe a little bit about the tech stack behind each if they're designed differently. Yeah, yeah, sure. So so the agent app, as uh, as you can tell by the name, is an app that's focused on the individual agent that's that's on a call uh, talking to customers. So this is a desktop app that runs on the, the agent's uh, computer and integrates with their soft phone. And at, at a very first glance, all that you see is a checklist. So just a list of items that you should be uh, saying on every call um, or that are important to your manager that, that uh, to be said on every call. So Balto is listening in real time as agents are talking on their calls to both the customer side and the agent side. And as far as uh, the script that you're supposed to be following, the checklist, every time Balto hears that the agent says one of those things, it checks it off. And then managers can see that later on in reporting saying like, yes, this, this particular agent adhered to the script for this particular item. The agent app also provides, so that that's just in terms of features, um, that's really nice because it gives at a high level, the agent an understanding of you know the, the key points that they're supposed to be hitting during a call. And then we actually have the last uh, item of the checklist specified as a win marker. So that's the thing that you say when you've quote unquote won the call. So that could be for sales. Um, let me just get you your confirmation number or something like that. So something that's indicative that, that that call was a success. And then that is one of the key features is the checklist. But I think that what agents tend to really, really love the most, that's like the most delighting feature for our agents is what we call dynamic prompts. So the Balto is listening not only to what the agent is saying, but also to what the, the customer is saying 
saying, and uh, managers can specify particular situations. So um, if a customer is saying, oh, well, sorry, that's a little bit too expensive for me, the manager can pop up, can uh, set a trigger for a dynamic prompt to pop up when somebody is, you know, objecting because of the price or something and say, hey, these are all of the great reasons why it's worth the price. And these are our competitors and they are more expensive than us or things like that. So you can offer real-time feedback. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying before, Alex. Like, It's not as helpful if you hear that feedback three days later. It's incredibly helpful if you get that feedback real-time while you're talking to the customer within uh, like less than half a second of the customer saying things. So um, the real-time nature of this type of feedback and the fact that managers can craft those responses in any way they want and know that all of their agents have that uh, material immediately at their fingertips is, is really, really powerful. So I think that those are probably the two biggest features of Balto Desktop. We also offer some fun stuff that we've just rolled out around gamification, so you can get badges and things like that. And we have leaderboards for uh, for agents. So we're trying to like make it a little bit more fun and personalized. And um, in terms of personalization, we have a huge push towards allowing agents to modify their playbook content and say like, this is how I would say this thing. So that's kind of getting into upcoming features here, but we're, we really have a huge focus on the agent. So that kind of encapsulates the desktop agent app, which is the the desktop, uh, the agent interface for for Balto. Balto Cloud, on the other hand, is kind of the the one um, the the single pane command center for the manager experience. So a manager would log into Balto Cloud and they can see reporting for all of their agents, including things like script adherence and um, what actual events happened on the call. So I mentioned um, triggers for, uh, for example, um, this is too expensive or, or something like that. They can see every time a customer raised an objection like that if they have it configured in their playbook. So there's we have a really, really rich reporting suite that I believe we rolled out last year, as well as features like our playbook editor, where you can really customize all the content of what you want the agent to be saying. And that is, I think I mentioned, like we, we don't really constrain managers that much and what their flow should look like. Our playbook editor is a really, really powerful feature and provides a ton of flexibility. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the single, the single place for managers to go and see everything that happened on calls, as well as to configure um, and react to, hey, this thing happened and this agent responded this way. That was gold. Let me include that in playbooks for all of our agents moving forward. Yeah, I was curious about the playbook designer. That seems like a feature that, um, again, differentiator, but also above and beyond what a normal interactive coaching mechanism would include. Zach, can you talk a little bit about the process that you've experienced so far and any feature or iteration that maybe didn't go as planned or maybe just didn't provide the value you thought it would? Or is there some something along the way that maybe just, you know, you guys ended up scrapping for one reason or another that our folks can learn from? Yeah, so um, we work we work in the real-time space and nearly everything that we do has to be real-time to provide the same level of value that we provide with, with the rest of the features in the application. Um, so we've explored a lot of things. One thing that we've started to explore, and I, would, I wouldn't say that we've scrapped this, but we've put it on the back burner for, for several reasons, is trying to do things like real-time emotion detection, uh, for example, during calls. 
Um, so you, you had mentioned sentiment before. Sentiment is typically a, a text-based task. So you, you run that off of, uh, you run a, a sentiment model over like the text of a, a transcript, for example. But we also have access to the audio while it's streaming through our app. And you could think of developing some sort of a, uh, an emotion recognition algorithm that says like, this person is obviously irritated um, or this person is getting a little bit worked up. And uh, we, we started development work on that. We stood up a POC um, and there were a couple different reasons why we decided not to pursue that at the very least for now. One is this is a machine learning based feature. And um, when you're talking about emotion, some people just tend to talk a little bit more gruffly and you don't want that to come, that to be recognized by your model as like, oh, this person's pissed off when it's like, that, that's just what they sound like, it's okay. And then in terms of actual productization, the only, like if an agent is on a call with a customer, there's not a very great reason to provide them real-time feedback that the customer is angry because they can probably tell that the customer is angry. So that doesn't seem like helpful real-time feedback from the agent's perspective. We could potentially surface that for the manager, um, uh, the manager portal in Balto Cloud. But again, like that's after the fact, like it doesn't seem like a super helpful feature. The other side is we could potentially highlight where agents are getting upset, but that could also be uh, a potentially risky space because again, like some agents might just talk differently. My, uh, when, when I was talking to this app, uh, it's, I apparently sounded happy all the time, even when I wasn't happy. Um, so like the, you know, it's a machine learning algorithm. There could be a little bit of space there um, for error. So ultimately, Ultimately, we decided that the product features that this type of um, this type of algorithm or model would enable um, were probably not worth us pursuing, at least for emotion re uh, recognition. And on top of that, um, running real-time speech uh, algorithms is, is fairly expensive, and we, we are a startup, and we have to be careful where we invest. So that's something that we, we kind of veered away from, uh, but it's still a really interesting space that we might move back to in the future. So, so Zach, a little bit of a tangent, and then I want to ask you a question, but um, we do sentiment analysis for employee feedback at Shaco. And one of the guys that works with us, he always gets negative scores. He's always angry and frustrated. <laughs> and and, there, and, and it, this is text-based recognition, right? So sentiment mm -hmm. recognition based on text. And it's just the way he types. It's the words he uses. And mm -hmm. he's one of the happiest people on the planet. But when we, let, when we get the sentiment analysis, it's, you should talk to so-and-so. He seems a little upset. And um, we, we have since turned it off because it's just, it's not great. And, and to your point, it's machine learning and, and it's just not not picking up the right type of sentiment from, from a lot of the people. Uh, that yeah. being said, I'm, I'm curious. So so how do you design for real-time feedback from, from an agent perspective? Like what's too much? What's too little? What are the prompts that you are giving them? Uh, you mentioned a couple key points, right? Like telling an agent that the customer is upset is probably not great design. Telling the agent that he or she might be upset is probably not great design either. But, but what gauge do you use to, to design for, for, for that experience? Well, so the nice thing is um, because of the flexibility of the playbook editor, a lot of that is left up to the manager themselves. Like they they can say, um, based on these hundreds of different types of triggers that we have for industry specific or domain specific um, language or things that may arise, 
um, we want to pop up, uh, we want to be able to react to this. So going back to uh, like one, one of our, our triggers could be something like wrong number. So we have uh, a model listening in the background saying, okay, you have the wrong number. And maybe uh, for collections, you might want to leave your contact information. So the manager could say, okay, in this particular, uh, in, in this particular situation, make sure that you leave your contact information because that's required by law or something because we're a collections company. If it's a wrong number and you're um, calling for sales, you may have a different response. So there's a lot of functionality that is almost infinitely configurable for the managers to say, in this particular situation, I want you to respond this way. And even the triggers themselves are configurable. So we have, I think, a set of defaults that all playbooks are opted into. So like when this thing happens, then make sure that you fill out a response to this because we know that that's standard for your industry. But those things can be turned on and off to kind of change the level of noise for the agent um, as they see fit. Uh, you mentioned in terms of minimizing noise, though, one feature that uh, that agents had asked for for a while um, that I think we finally rolled out uh, a month or so ago was the ability to snooze alerts. So if you have something that's constantly popping up because maybe and you know a customer just keeps repeating the same thing over and over again and you already read the prompt the dynamic prompt, you probably don't need that to keep popping up. So um, it's a it's a fairly like little feature but hugely impactful for agents because now they they're minimizing the noise, right? Zach, how is your data continue to build on itself? So I imagine the more conversations you all acquire or listen to, um, the more emotions you start to detect, the more keywords you start to notice you know, when things start to pop up, rhythms and frequencies and patterns and things like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about how this product is uh, increasingly getting better, probably almost in every conversation that it processes? Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. So uh, just uh, just a, a note of pride, uh, we hit a hundred million calls last year. So Balto has has been active on a hundred million calls, which is insane. And we have all of that data. We have all of the transcripts from those calls. And we use that to continually improve the product, just like you said. So a lot of our product is AI driven. And um, one of our internal ML engineers has actually built out an entire platform for um, model development, um, data annotation, and also um, model QA. So we have a periodic QA process where we run through, we sample a whole bunch of calls and sample a whole bunch of instances where, for example, a checklist item should have checked off or a dynamic prompt should have triggered. And we have a set of human uh, annotators that actually annotate those things and give us uh, a, a labeled sample for QA. We definitely continually mine all of our transcripts for useful patterns that can help to improve um, when dynamic prompts pop up or when checklist items should have triggered. And we use all of that data that we collect and uh, annotate to continually improve all of the backend algorithms. So what's the future like for, for Balto and for real-time, Zach? Are you looking to keep iterating the, the real-time aspect of it and the features? Is there another product on the horizon? What, what's the future? What do you all see as the maybe just the one to two year kind of outlook for, for where things are going with, with your product? Yeah, so I can go even shorter than one to two years. So one to two months, we are rolling out um, a huge new feature that I that I alluded to before that allows agents to customize their checklists as they're using the app live. So one of the biggest complaints that we've seen from agents is 
something like, I wouldn't say it like that. My manager thinks I would say it like that, but I, I wouldn't say it like that. So we have this feature where um, seasoned agents can modify the content within some sort of uh, boundaries. So you can't just like put the word the in there and get credit for that. Um, but agents can modify the content and um, really just tailor it to their, their own liking. So customization, personalization for our agents is a huge, huge feature that we're rolling out uh, very, very soon. On the longer term, uh, we are looking into um, multilingual support. So our first um, target area is Spanish. Our first target language is Spanish. And um, this just opens up a huge market for us. And it, it's a, really a big lift from a product standpoint and also from uh, a backend AI and engineering standpoint to port an entire product that is built on running algorithms all in English to run the same algorithms all in Spanish. And then from a product standpoint, you have to you know make sure that all of your front end is up to standards for um, native Spanish speakers. Those are the two big things that I'm probably the most excited about because um, A, they they drastically increase the agent experience and B, they really open us up as a company to a huge new market opportunity um, with, with looking towards multilingual support. And I think that it's, it's a really underserved market as well. Zach, I, I think you've touched on a whole bunch of design elements throughout the conversation today. And I want to kind of summarize here for our, our audience so that folks who are listening can kind of backtrack and, and remember some of the good takeaways. Um, and as we wrap up, I want to ask you about a book or a podcast or some sort of media that you might be consuming that helps you design your day-to-day -day even better? Uh, what makes you a better designer as you move along? But as you think about that, I want to remind folks, kind of what I heard today from Zach is one of the biggest things about Balto is it's, it's real time. So if you're looking at products and you're looking at how to create a niche for yourself, if there's a real-time element to what you're creating, that could be a real differentiator. Zach, I also heard you talk a little bit about how you're making or you're helping agents do their job better by allowing them to increase their focus. Um, you're designing features and elements to your product that allow these people to just do their jobs better and block out some of the noise, which frankly, I think we could all use a little um, more noise cancellation in our lives, whether it's work or, or personal. Uh, you mentioned the customization by agent, the fact that this product is great and it, it does provide services, but um, it's also customizable for when that scenario is a little bit unique or that person is a little unique or it's just a different, you know, one-off uh, type of element. And you also talked, we talked a little bit about how data and iterations improve as you all get more reps with your product. So if you're out there and you're designing products and you have something that can continually get better through reps, by the more it actually functions, the better it gets. I think that's how you kind of scale and potentially build something that can have exponential impact either on your business or on the ecosystem at large. So, um, Alex, any, any other takeaways you noticed or, or things you brought brought out of here from, from Zach? Yeah, I think uh, the last thing that I would say is you're designing for learning. So the system gets smarter as the agents and companies, and, and Nick, you alluded this to this at the end, but the more you use the product, the more it learns from you. And so in that core, agents are incentivized to use this. A lot of systems are re replicating what you have done in the past and, and just giving them a prompt. Your system is continuously learning from their interactions and allowing them to get better at those conversations. And, and I think I love that. You're not only designing for that white space, but you're designing for those these systems to learn. So, Zach, I want to thank you for your time and your expertise here. And, and we've got a few minutes left. I want to uh, see if you could leave the audience with one last piece of value here. Is there a book, a podcast, some sort of media you're consuming that makes you a better designer day in and day out? 
I like to, so I am very uh, tech and AI focused, and I really like to keep my finger on the pulse of the, the intersection between cutting edge AI and availability of cutting edge AI to just straight software engineers. And in, in the space that I work in, both um, natural language processing and uh, speech processing, there's a lot of really, really cool work being done in academia, but there's also a lot of that work being ported to industry applications very, very, very quickly. So there's there's a couple companies, um, Hugging Face is the one that, that comes to mind that's really, really enabling. Um, yeah, Hugging Face, I, I saw the look on your face there, Nick. It's an interesting company name, but they're really revolutionizing um, both the accessibility to really, really cutting edge uh, AI systems for companies like ours. So um, if you haven't checked them out or haven't heard of them, I would check out their blog. Um, They're really doing a lot of cool stuff in terms of like, if somebody publishes a paper on some new NLP model, that NLP model is usually available um, for, you know, production applications like I would use it for within a couple months. They're really, really good about that stuff. And they're also really pushing the boundaries on um, allowing cutting edge AI to be accessible to not Google's and not Facebook's. Um, so they have this huge initiative where they are pushing normal lay people like myself to uh, contribute to training uh, crazy, crazy large um, NLP models. So that's kind of like where my uh, where my finger is on the pulse of nowadays. I know that's not typically uh, designed, but it's it's a really, really cool uh, area to keep uh, keep the pulse of. Zach, I wouldn't expect anything typical from you, which is why we have you on the podcast today. Um, and for those that don't know um, a lot about Zach, uh, he is a Richmond guy, been around um, a couple different positions and companies here in town, but also the upcoming host of RVA Tech Talks, our other sister podcast here at the Richmond Technology Council. So if you want to hear more from Zach, if you like what you heard today, check out season three of RVA Tech Talks coming up this fall. Uh, with that, we'll wrap it up for the day. Alex, any final words? Not for me. You summarized it well, Zach. I'm looking forward to connecting with you in the future as well on on several things that you're doing. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, Zach, thanks again. And we'll see you all next time on Tech by Design by the Richmond Technology Council.